I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. Brett, I'm back after a couple of weeks' absence. I was in Hawaii on my honeymoon after getting married. It was a delightful time, but while I was gone, and then since I've returned, the Arizona women's basketball team just keeps winning. It's been great. They are in the Final Four, taking on UConn Friday night. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah, first off, welcome back, Adam. Thanks. I would I would say we missed you, but, but yeah, I don't need to lie to people. Not on the first minute yeah. of the show, anyway. Yeah, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you did not miss us when you were on the beaches of Maui. No, but I did make sure to watch the games when they were on. Like I didn't miss Arizona stuff, just because I wasn't ready to talk about it on a podcast. But I'm like, anytime Arizona's playing, I'm going to watch. And of course, the women's team, we knew they had a chance to make a deep run, and it's been fun to watch it happen. Yeah, and, you know. They're they're not. They, I don't think anybody can say they uh, got too many or didn't beat some good teams. You know, I was on the record with Ronnie two weeks ago that A and M was probably the best number two seed in the whole uh, bracket, uh, in my opinion. And Indiana is no joke as a team either. Nope. Um, of course, now they. <laughs> congratulations! Now you get to play play the mighty Yukon uh, Huskies, <laughs> like all time, like you know, best women's college program but and it's not even close they've made it to like each of the last 13 final fours (laughs) like (laughs) yeah it's whatever is like the best men's run like double it and that's basically what they've been doing you could argue they should have probably lost to baylor that was a foul at the end but it definitely was but uconn is still uconn whether they lost even if they lost that game i mean baylor wouldn't have been an easy one to handle either but like when you get to the final four, you should not have easy matchups. Let's put it that way. Like that's fair, I think. Yeah, and you know, I think I speak for most Arizona Wildcats fans where they're super excited about it, and they're, you know, every everybody college basketball for men's and women's is a weird thing where the, usually the goal is to just get to the final four, not to even win the whole thing. Right. And so now you know achievement unlocked, but now you get to face the the final boss in the in the video game. <laughs> But it's even not even the, the final boss. If they win the game, well, there's still another boss. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, but UConn's the 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 800 pound gorilla, right? Yeah. Um, and like, it's it's gonna be fun. They're gonna be a, you know, a tough matchup. Just knowing what I know about UConn, like I'm not gonna lie and say I've gotten to watch a lot of uh, UConn games this year, but you can look at their lineup and and their record and their performance against some good teams. And you know, the Baylor game was. You know, that, yes, that was a foul. Remy Martin, that is what a foul looks like at the end of the game. <laughs> and that's such high-level basketball, too, though. Those are two of the best teams in the country. Oh, yeah. 
But you know what's interesting to me is that for Arizona, like this isn't a fluke. And we're going to talk to P.J. Brown, who's out in covering them and for the Arizona Daily Star in a little bit because we want to get the perspective of someone who's on the ground with the team. But like Arizona's good. And I know like UConn's a higher seed. Arizona was a three seed, so they're not, you know, and they kind of stumbled into the tournament. They weren't playing great basketball towards the end of the season. But you knew they had it in them. And even last season, they would have been probably a top three seed, and then the tournament was canceled. The year before, they won the women's NIT. Like, they were building to this point, and we could look at say the 800-pound gorilla, that's UConn, but if you're Arizona, like, there's no pressure on you right now. Like, yes, you've made it to the Final Four. They hang banners for making it to the semifinals in basketball, which is crazy. But, like, you, if you want to take that mentality, if you've got nothing to lose, you're playing with house money, they can do it. And it's not that they're a plucky underdog. They're a damn good basketball team. Just they're playing UConn, right? Like, yeah. that, that's all it is. It's not like the Arizona's gone to this point year after year after year and failed, and you're like, oh, man, like, if they don't do it now. It's like, no, they're, this is their first time in the tournament since, what, 2005? <laughs> you know, yeah. and they would have made it last year. But this is not a plucky underdog story. This isn't a, oh, they finally made it, and this is their only chance. This is a, hey, Arizona's good, and they get this shot. Yeah, the two things. Like one, I'm so happy that this is like the the final four run we hoped was possible last year, and then even more believed was possible this year. Uh, and it's great to see it happen. But I think you hit on something where it's, you know, I, I'm actually curious to talk to talk to P, PJ and get her perspective of you know on the ground and interacting with the team because you you know you watch this team, and it's like they both know that they're good, but they also don't know that they should feel more pressure. Like they have some weird combination of, uh, you know, confidence in their abilities and rightfully so as a team that fits together really well. Plus you have, you know, legendary Ari McDonald yeah, dropping 31 points <laughs> and getting 11 rebounds against Indiana at five, six. But like, you know, she was facilitating and hitting, hitting her point like, uh, you know, getting assists on threes on drives, you know, playing defense. And they they just don't seem phased by the stage right now, and no. they just feel like yeah we we know we we know we belong here, and it almost it like there's this weird like newness that they don't know that the pressure they should be feeling, <laughs> right? Maybe, and I wonder too how much of the fact that last season's tournament never happened plays a role in that because like they knew they were good last year. This, again, this isn't the first year they've been good. This isn't just that random team that's making this miraculous run to the Final Four. This is a team that was ready to make this run. They have veterans. They have leadership. They have Ari McDonald, who is playing out of her mind right now. When you have someone who can basically win a game by themselves, as they do, you can go far. You can pull upsets. But even then, like, I don't remember if they were favorite or underdogs against Indiana. It was like a two-point spread one way or the other. I don't remember what it was, but that was basically a pick game. And it was close for a little while, and then Arizona took the lead in the second half and never gave it up. You know, they made big shots when they needed it. It wasn't just Ari McDonald. Uh, it, they made shots. They made plays of toughness on defense where it will be interesting to see them match up with a team like UConn because, you know, we saw Arizona, they struggled with Stanford, you know, in conference play. Like, and Stanford's really good, too. There's a reason why they're still around. You know, like, like that they're always, you know, in that group, too, because those are elite teams. But you're Arizona, they're a three seed. There's number one Stanford, number one South Carolina, number one UConn, and number three Arizona. But as far as number threes go, like obviously Arizona's not a one seed for a reason. They struggled when they played Stanford, who is a one seed. But that's not to say Arizona can't compete, and it's really exciting to see them get the chance against UConn, especially knowing that they really have nothing to lose. And in a lot of ways, this is probably just the beginning for the program. Yeah, it's it, 
you you raised an interesting point when you said that you know they knew they were good last year and then the tournament didn't happen and i wonder if that maybe helps explain what i was trying to <laughs> clumsily describe where they're they know that they're they've they've been good for a while now if you date back to the nit run mm-hmm. you know since the start of the nit through all of last year through this year they've basically been a really good team for you know two and a half plus years right but they didn't have like if they had lost in a, the second round of 32 last year, maybe they'd feel more pressure this year with the roster coming back. But they just don't have that. But they have the confidence of a team that knows they're good. It's, yeah. it's really fun. And that you know, watching the Indiana game, that was really high-level basketball. I think I was trying to troll some people on the Twitter handle. I said, <laughs> and yes, uh, these this the either of these teams could beat your rec league team. I don't care how good you are. Because like, there, there was high basketball IQ in that game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I'm very excited to watch the UConn game because I, th- I think the level's going to be raised even higher. Okay, when McDonald, when she went down with that ankle late in the oh. fourth quarter <laughs> and all of Tucson and everyone else who was watching him just hold service, you know, because it's like, at that point, you knew they were going to win the game. I forget how much time was left, but it would have taken a collapse for Arizona to lose, like, they, they need her. Like, no, don't do this. And like, she, and obviously she started walking it off. She came back in the game like, okay, good. Like, she's fine. But that was that was a little bit scary towards the end of that game. Yeah, as as much as I love the roster, I immediately went to boy, there's some great players all around on this roster, but I don't want to play UConn without Henry McDonald. And this team, and like as we end this segment, we're going to talk to PJ Brown from the Ozone Daily Star next. But like this was the run that these players deserved to have. You know, that's what we felt bad for, the Kate Reese's, the Baptiste, the Ari McDonald's last season when they didn't get a chance to prove themselves in the tournament for this program that they joined that wasn't very good when they joined with Adia Barnes, but she's built it up. Last year was supposed to be there. We're back in the tournament. Let's see what we can do. They didn't have that opportunity. No one did, but they didn't have that opportunity. We all felt bad because we knew they could have done some damage. And then finally this year, they get to have that opportunity, and they're taking advantage of it. So, I mean, it's the Final Four, Brett. <laughs> Like they are one of the four teams left in women's college basketball. And they have a chance to win a national championship. You got to love it when it's playing basketball in April. Plus to make this about me. I also, I tweeted out uh, from my personal handle, the curse of losing an elite eight matchup on my birthday was broken. So thank you ladies. There you go. So Brett, let's take a break and we come back. Let's talk to PJ Brown from the Arizona daily star who is in San Antonio covering the Wildcats final four run. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. We are excited to be joined by P.J. Brown from the Arizona Daily Star, who is in San Antonio covering the Arizona Wildcats Final Four run. P.J., welcome to Wildcat Radio. 
Thanks for having me on, Adam. Like, we're excited to have you on because this is a Final Four run, and every Arizona fan, like we dream of Final Fours. This run has been incredible for this basketball team. But Brett and I were talking before you came on about how this isn't really a surprise. Like, this isn't a plucky underdog story that's making just a surprise run of the Final Four. They're a three seed. They would have been a top three seed probably last year if there had been a tournament. But how is the vibe with this team in terms of confidence going into this game? Well, it's very interesting because they're a three seed, and we've all watched them in day in and day out, right? Locally, we've seen this team. And so we sort of know who they are and what they can do. But nationally, they have no idea. So even though they're three seed, they're still considered an underdog. Um, And this team sort of knows that. They've said all along that they have something to prove. And just because they got to the Final Four, they're not done proving it. They are determined. They, they're gonna, they think they're going to win it all. And this is just the next game that they're playing. And I haven't seen them with this much determination since the WNIT run two years ago. And we all know what happened there. That was a season where they had this remarkable season out of nowhere, seemingly. And then in the, they go to postseason and they get this look in their eye and they talk with kind of this swagger and this confidence. And the next thing you know, they're cutting down nets. And it was this incredible, magical run. And I feel like we're in the midst of a similar thing right now, even though it's on a bigger level. Yeah, Adam and I were talking before you joined us where I don't know if I've ever quite seen so much confidence from a team that also, you know, hasn't had sustained success in so long. But at the same time, because the last few years have been so strange, going back to that NIT run, they also know they're a great team, but I don't know. So they have that confidence, but I'm not sure they have the sense of how big the stage really is because almost that, you know, there hasn't been a tournament run from this team in so long. Um, what What's, I guess, you're you're on the ground. You know the team better th- than almost anybody that's not, you know, involved in the program. What's your sense of, you know, I, I think we all can see that they're confident, but do they, do they did, are they just, you know, blissfully unaware of the pressure they should be feeling? Is that, how does that work with this team? Is that just the nature of the, the makeup of this, of this collection of players? Yeah, I think, you know, it's very interesting. I think it goes right to Adia Barnes, right? She has built this team sort of in her image. So they, everything that she tells you, they embody, Right. They embody like what she was as a player and now what she is as a coach. She tells you day in and day out. She focuses on one game, the game that's in front of her, and that's it. She doesn't look ahead. So even now when they think in the – they've said, like, we're going to win the national championship, right? They're focused on this game right now against UConn. 100%. They're not looking ahead. So – it's it's who they are. They, they take the noise and they push it aside. They focus on themselves. All the little things that Adia says, they get better every day. 
They try to play their best basketball every day. They do all those things and and they've they totally bought into her system. That was her vision. And they're like, they're doing it, right? They're performing, they're doing everything that she said that they were going to do, how she was going to build this program, and and they are actually embodying that whole thing. And so while this is on biggest stage and all that, it doesn't even phase them. They are just like, we're here, we're having fun, and we're just going to show everybody we're the best, right? That's it. That's that's all it is. And it's that simple. And if you look at it to uh, every single one of them, um, they're not cocky. They're just matter of fact that, you know, they're playing their best ball when it matters. And, um, you know, they're not intimidated by anybody. They're going up against this powerhouse, traditional powerhouse team that's won a zillion uh, national championships. They've been to the final four like every year forever. And they're like, you know, they lace up their shoes just like we do. They are not phased by this at all. So what we're saying is UConn doesn't lace up their shoes just like through telepathy or anything like that. They use their hands and fingers to lace up their shoes. That, that's good because the aura around that program could make <laughs> you think something else. Uh, you mentioned Adia Barnes, though, like what she brought to this team. I read one of your stories, too. I found interesting. When they cut down the nets Tuesday night, that wasn't the first time these players cut down the nets. And I read that article about how Adia Barnes wanted to feel that, you know, know what it's like to celebrate that. And that doesn't necessarily seem normal to me. You know, that a lot of coaches say, okay, we're going to let you celebrate this as if we did what we want to do. I, that seems like, I mean, that's Adia Barnes, and it seems to have worked. But it's almost like such a unique approach to things that, like you said, the team's really bought into. And it doesn't think like it took her long to get the team to buy in, the program to buy in. And where she has it going, not just this season, but for the future, is very much in an upward trajectory going in the direction that we all want it to go. Yeah, it's interesting. Um I had a, I don't know if you read the story about um, the connection, the UA-UConn connection. And Sue Bird said, you know, you meet Adia Barnes and like five seconds later, you're like drawn in, right? And, and so when all of these players decided to come to Arizona, when they were recruited by Adia, whether it was whether they transferred here or they came right out of high school, they sort of, they knew what they were getting. Adia is extremely transparent. You know right away who she is and what she does and and and, and just how she goes about things, right? And, and she's very, she's one of the most dynamic people you will ever meet. Um, and at the same time, she's like your sister, your neighbor, all that kind of stuff. She was this professional basketball player, an elite level athlete who won a WNBA championship. And you talk to her and you stand next to her. And at times you have to like remind yourself, yourself that that's who she is because you would not know because she is so down to earth. And um, and just this really incredible leader, incredible person. 
And, um, you know, when she took the job five years ago, she said, this is this is how I'm going to get there. This is what I'm going to do. And she does all these incredible things, not only the visualization, but um, she does like really great team bonding exercises where, you know, she teaches them. She has them go through etiquette class. They took dates with each other to really, uh, you know, know that try to you know get to know their teammates better they went through the military training that like coach candrea has done um but she's always coming up with something new she spends a lot of time not only like figuring out how to you know get better every year how to tweak her system and take it up to another level with the talent that she has, but she always looks at different ways to teach them. Um, A few years ago, she did those DISC assessments for all of her players and her staff to find out like how they learn. And she figured out that her team learns by, she has to really explain why she's doing something. And so she sort of changed how she taught them which is phenomenal. Like, I don't really remember, you know, reading about another coach who does these things all the time, who's always, you know, once in a while there are coaches like Corey Close is a great coach at UCLA. And I know she, she brings in like different types of like mental uh, coaches where they look at different things, but, but Adia seems to take it to the next level right? She's always looking to get better and finding different and new ways to, to teach and to get certain things across to her players. Well, it's definitely work. We're talking to PJ Brown, who's in San Antonio with the women's basketball team for the Arizona daily star. And there is all this, like we're excited about the run to this point and we're excited about what's in store for this program after this season and beyond. But there is a pretty big game on Friday against the (laughs) UConn Huskies. And, you know, it's like Arizona in the tournament for the first time in a decade and a half, more than a decade. You got UConn, who's been in the Final Four. I think each of the last 13 times there's been a Final Four. So it's obviously not exactly, it's not David and Goliath, but because Arizona's not, I don't think it's that much of a mismatch, but historically the programs are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But it's a big game. Arizona thinks it can win, and there's reason to believe that. When you look at this game, just from a big picture level, Arizona versus UConn, what do you see? I think it's going to be a really great matchup. Um, you have an, a UConn team that is full of All-Americans, really great players. Paige Beckers is a freshman, and she won the AP's uh, Player of the Year um, award, and, and she's, a, she's a great talent. Yeah. And, and she's surrounded by great talents. And then she has a coach who is – and Gino Ariama, who is, you know, one of the best coaches in, in the history of women's college basketball. Basketball so in general, I'm, too. Yeah. Like. So you have that on one hand. And then you have the other hand where you have Adia Barnes, who is a great basketball mind. She is a great teacher. She um, a great X's and O's coach in in the game. Right. And a great relationship person who is here for the first time, but yet it doesn't seem like 
it's the first time for her, right? Um, she seems like she's been here before. And um, so you have that. You have a player in Ari McDonald who is uh, probably the best point guard in the nation and probably the best defensive player in the nation, regardless of how the um, those uh, awards are handed out. Um, and she's having the best tournament of any player right now. And then you have all the supporting, um, you know, parts of her team, which the Sam Thomases and the Helena Poyo and um, Trinity Baptiste and Kate Reese, of course. Um, and, and so it's going to be a really hard fought game. And then there's some extra motivation. You know, there was a uh, the NCAA put out a really interesting hype video today <laughs> that only had three of the four teams that are in the final four and Arizona was left off. So you could only imagine that's another chip on their shoulder and they're going to come out even more ready to play. It's going to be a great game, a great matchup. No, that's it's, I think we're all super excited that, for this game. And I, th- I think you're right. It's going to be fun. I, I said before you joined us that, that, the level of basketball quality in the Indiana Arizona game was very high and I expect it's just going to get higher with this one. But, you know, I, PJ, thanks again for taking the time to join us, but I want to, I want to ask you at least one more, one last question. That's maybe a little open-ended. I want you to say you're writing your, uh, your, your, after the game, you're writing your article talking about this game, finish this sentence uh, in this, in this hypothetical world, the Arizona Wildcats, you know, beat the, the Goliath Yukon Huskies because of blank. Because Ari McDonald made a promise and she delivered. I think that's it. She promised all the, the seniors from last year who didn't get to play in the tournament last year that they were going to make it and make a big run. She promised all the Wildcat alums who came in the 15 years before that, that they were playing for them. And she's playing to set the legacy, her legacy, and to put Arizona on the map as the next powerhouse. And, um, and she did it. That's quite the lead in your, in your, (laughs) your article for Saturday. Hopefully. <laughs> and, and can you give me this uh, back so that I can have this lead and write it on deadline <laughs> tomorrow night? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, th- I think our goal is to have this published uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're recording on April 1st, and I think we're, the goal is to have it published tomorrow. So hopefully you'll have, have this to pull from for your notes and have a nice head start, and then you can enjoy the rest of your night. <laughs> Thanks. That would That'd be, be great. That'd be a terrific lead to to read and in reality i know arizona's i think it's the last i saw 13 and a half point underdog but also yeah. it wouldn't be surprising at all i don't think but like is there any i feel bad about even asking another question after that last answer because that seemed like just the perfect way to wrap things up <laughs> but just is there any specific everybody knows what Ari mcdonald you know we know that but what are the matchups that we need to be watching out for tomorrow if arizona's going to pull the upset you know yeah. besides Ari's promises and everything why did it happen Oh, uh, Arizona defense. Yeah, It is an elite defense, and it's going to shut them down. It's the Sam Thomas. Um, she plays textbook defense. She is, you know, we talk about Ari McDonald's defense. Sam Thomas is one of the best defensive players in the nation, and she doesn't get talked about enough. 
um, it's going to be her. It's going to be Helena doing what she does. Um, Trinity being a beast inside, uh, you know, Ben do. I mean, all of them coming together, playing as a unit on defense and, um, and then really key moments that, you know, Sam and Helena are going to hit threes. They're going to be aggressive going to the basket. Um, Trinity's going to muscle in down low. I think Kate Reese is due for, you know, having a, a, a big game and she knows this is it. Um, I think it's all of those things. Lauren Ware. Oh, my God. Lauren Ware is going to be a star. I'm just waiting for it to happen, right? What When... It's going to happen. It's going to totally happen. She's a great player. We've watched her all season long, even in game, her getting better and stronger and more dominant. Um, it's just, you know, they, we talk about Ari McDonald, right? And she's phenomenal and she's carried this team. But I mean, you go down every single player, it's a true team win. That's it, it's a team win. If it wasn't the other night, if it wasn't for Helena getting those three pointers and and her having that great assist where she rolled yeah. the ball to Bendu, they wouldn't have won, right? If it wasn't for you know Sam doing Sam things, if it wasn't for all these people doing what they do in those moments, they're not here. That that makes sense to us. Well. PJ, thanks for joining us. I know we can find your content, PJ Brown 9 on Twitter. We already know what your lead's going to be Friday nights, but if there's other kind of, what should people, Wildcat Radio 2.0 listeners, what should they be looking for from you over the next couple of days, or what do you have coming down? Well, uh, we're going to have to see, but um, <laughs> let's see. Um, well, great notes tomorrow. Uh, great notes for Saturday's paper, plus a gamer. Um, and then Sunday will be, um, if they win notes and, um, the advance, whatever, whatever comes out of the game Friday for that game, if they win. And, um, whenever this run is over, we're going to have a special treat, um, one of the follow-up stories. So keep your eyes peeled for that. All right. Well, PJ, hopefully that story comes sometime mid next week that's what we're hoping for for the follow-up yes. story but pj brown in san antonio covering the arizona wildcats final four run thanks for joining us thank you all right that's pj brown we come back there's a little bit more news coming around the wildcats program other sports let's get into it welcome back to wildcat radio and once again thanks to pj brown for that incredible insight into the women's basketball team who has a final four matchup with UConn Friday evening in San Antonio. But, Brett, there's a little bit of news that came out for some other sports. We'll start off with men's basketball. James Akinjo announced that he's going to enter his name in the NBA draft, test the waters, but also leave room for the possibility of returning to the Wildcats. And it's not a surprise, I don't think. He had a good season last year in his first with Arizona. Test the waters, see what it comes back, right? Just see what they say. Yeah, I mean... For James Akinjo to be doing himself a disservice to, to, you know, after he had a fantastic season that I think exceeded most people's expectations. And I had, I had like, I had pretty high expectations for him, maybe more than most people. Um, I think he even exceeded my expectations. You know, I don't think it's highly likely he'll, you know, be promised something that says, hey, I need to, to, to leave. I think it's the more likely outcome as he comes back, but 
you know, I have I personally have no problem with them testing the waters, getting a sense of things, getting feedback and saying, hey, here's the things to focus on in your game. And I could probably surmise what a couple of those things might be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's pr- it, it's more impactful coming from NBA draft scouts from from Brett Barry at Wildcat Radio 2.0. Oh, don't sell yourself <laughs> short there. But no, and the, I guess the, the down, no, there's only two downsides to this. The one is that who knows what he's going to be told, but he doesn't have to come back. Now, none of the players have to come back. So he could hear his feedback and say, okay, that's, that's fine. I'll go play pro somewhere else, even if it's not the NBA. Like guys who have kept their names in the NBA draft without knowing that they're going to get picked. And it seems at this point unlikely that Akinjo would be picked, certainly not in the first round. And it's, I guess, hard to believe that would be a second round, not because he's not a good player, just because he hasn't proven as much at the college level. But also, I guess the one fear would be, and this has happened before, when guys know what the NBA wants to see from them, they work on that and they do all that at possibly at the expense of their team's success you know, in the college game, you know, who, who was it? Marcus Williams, I think way back in the day, he came back, he was auditioning for the NBA and he wasn't great. I think it was his sophomore season. Iguodala had that year where he was auditioning for the NBA. And some people were like, yeah, he wasn't exactly playing the type of game. He should, I'm not saying Akinja would be that, but sometimes when the NBA says, work on this, show us this. And a player is like so hyper-focused on showing them that it's at the expense of other things. But for Akinjo to declare for the draft with the option to return, smart decision. It's the best thing for him. Of course, Arizona could use him coming back. Jamal Baker's transferring. Terrell Brown transferred. (laughs) They they kind of need a Kinjo. There's a lot of roster movement still, and the transfer portal just for everybody has been insane. It seems like every day there's a dozen players that I've heard of that are entering the transfer portal. So that could get messy, but James Akinjo, good luck as you test the NBA draft waters because we always want to see Wildcats in the pros. So if that's his way to do it, then we'd wish him luck. Uh, Moving over to football actually uh the spring game which is later this month we're recording on april 1st later this month the spring game arizona is allowed to have up to five thousand fans there on april 24th noon on april 24th like it feels like a step towards normalcy you know <laughs> like that that's nice right i mean that's bigger capacity than most home games <laughs> okay there it is <laughs> Uh, it's right there for the taking. I, had, I, I can joke because I literally drive from Phoenix to Tucson. With, <laughs> You're one of those 5,000 fans, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's, you know, there's been a lot of positive developments in the COVID world, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, vaccines are, are coming and being successful. Uh, I know you and I are both vaccinated and very happy about it. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, talking about the spring football, it, the spring game is a great time for Jedfish to kind of continue to build on that momentum of the narrative and the connection with the community. So being able to have fans there, if if they can get five thousand people, I don't know if any, I don't know if we've ever had five thousand people show up for a spring game ever. I'm not gonna lie, I've thought about asking the wife if she wants to go to Tucson on April 24th just to check that out and try to be one of those five thousand. You know, just to see because even like you mentioned, like the buzz, like Gronk and Teddy Bruschi are supposed to be coaching the teams, so that's gonna be fun. But it just kind of builds off of what we've been seeing. Like, we're not at practice every day. And when we get to that point, like, we're going to talk to some football people who have been at practices, of course, to kind of break down what's going on. But the, just the level of access that's been granted to media and fans to be there to watch the practices. And the one thing that I, I mean, I don't know if they're players. I mean, the, the roster is still not great. We know that. And it's a new system, new coaching staff. So there's going to be some rough patches. But if your coaches and you're kind of hide that stuff from people, it's like, what are you hiding? You know, Jed Fish and this stuff, like, hey, come watch what we do. Watch us work. So that's got to be a little bit 
I don't know, emboldening isn't the term, but like you feel better about what they're doing because they're not afraid to show what they're doing. They're not afraid to have people watch them. And having the spring game, having fans there, a decent amount of fans there, I think that'll be nice. And, you know, to see which how the quarterbacks are doing with this offense, whether some of them are under center even. You know, Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer seem to be their early favorites from what I've been reading. You know, see this receiving group that has, I mean, Johnson's been turning heads. Jamari Joyner's there. Stanley Berryhill is always solid. You know, with this new kind of NFL-style approach they're taking, by the end of this month, hopefully things are kind of moving in the right direction for them, clicking a little bit more, and they can put on a show in front of 5,000 fans. I mean, the, the spring game is the first chance for us to actually see it with our own eyeballs when multiple passes are thrown to a tight end in a row. As I said, we've, heard, we've seen those reports, too, that the tight ends are actually going to be part of the offense for real. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is a time of year where it's supposed to be exciting. Even when you're coming off an 0-5 season, when you've lost your last 12 games and the last game you did play, no one ever wants to speak of again. Like, this is the time that's supposed to be exciting. And no one's saying, oh, look what they're talking about in spring ball. This team's going to be a bowl team and contend for the Pac-12 South. But if your hope is that they're going to be better, that they are improving, even slowly and even marginally when it comes to wins and losses when the season does start, this is the time of year to have those thoughts. This is the time of year to feel good about the program. And a spring game in front of fans at the end of this month, after what we've been hearing, like that's what you need. That's the cherry on top for this offseason in terms of like before they get to like fall camp, before they really start ramping up for the season, for the games. Like this is that this is that honeymoon period, that grace period. And this is another way to do it by having fans at your spring game enjoying what they're seeing. One, even beyond just the fans and the media and the narrative locally, being able to even have 5,000 fans, which, I don't, like I said, I don't think that's ever happened at a spring game in Arizona. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I guess we have to be sure. But, like, just because they can have 5,000 doesn't mean they will have 5,000. Well, oh, but if, <laughs> if they can, that tells you something. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not... They're, Arizona's not going to fill a uh, 70,000-person stadium for a, a spring game like some schools in the Big Ten or the SEC would be doing, right? Right. But, you know, I mean, half of Greek life might show up just to see Gronk. And, you're, <laughs> you know, you have Teddy Bruschi and, and, and Gronk there coaching, and that's also going to be another chance to have eyeballs of recruits. Oh, and you'll and, be on ESPN you know, with that. They're going to highlight you know, Gronk and Teddy Bruschi coaching the spring game. Yeah, you know, watching them throw passes to a tight end while Gronk is coaching the team, like, the 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 recruiting pitch writes itself for like if you're a if you're if Arizona's targeting some high end tight end recruits, like they have been in, in, in the last few months. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, again, you know how much I hate the narrative game, but boy, the positive narrative can can actually help self materialize. This if you is will. the time for narratives. Because yeah. there's no games. <laughs> like, they're not on the field oh, yeah. winning and losing. This is, the, this is only narratives. This is only X and Y and Z came into camp, the best shape they've been in, this person's exciting. None of it, like, none of it's real. All of it's real. Some, we don't know, but this is a time for all of that. Well, was it, was it, was it Richrod, or who was it that said, like, if we lose the spring game, we're in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically how it is, though. Like, this is for building that momentum, building that support, and... You know, Jed Fish has still he's played all the right notes for in terms of media accessibility, in terms of his way he's been out in front, just being on TV, on the radio, just doing interviews and being open and transparent with this program. Like I read a lot of I read one. I think it was a 24 seven article about how like his transparency is such a big deal. And you're not hearing bad things about Jed Fish and his coaching staff. Everything you're hearing is good. Now, the questions are always it's always followed by will they have enough talent to win and it'll take time if they're going to get there. 
but you don't hear anyone saying, what is this guy doing? You know, what is this coaching staff doing? They don't know. They don't have a clue. Like, everyone's pretty confident in the coaching staff with understanding that's going to take time. But right now is when you should be having fun, when you should be enjoying the coverage, when you should be getting optimistic. We should be, by April 25th, especially going to that spring game, we should be talking about how Arizona's going to compete for the Rose Bowl this year. That's the whole point of this time of year. Then you get closer to the games, and you're like, oh, wait, no, they're not that good. But still, you hope. Yeah, and, you know, your point is well taken with uh, Jed Fish being, you know, relatively transparent. But if he was transparent, he'd come on Wildcat Radio 2.0 with us. What are you afraid of, Jed? This is not how you get guests, bro. We don't threaten them. I'm trying, I'm trying to nag him, Adam. I'm trying to nag him. <laughs> We're going to get a tweet to the Wildcat Radio AZ Twitter account from Jed Fish. Be like, hey, I'm ready. When do you guys want to record? <laughs> hey, stranger things have happened, man. <laughs> Coach Fish, please come join us. We're nice. <laughs> Wait, did your negging just turn to pleading? I mean, I couldn't keep it up. It's a no. facade. <laughs> it looked like it was hurting you. But otherwise, like a lot of Arizona sports, Arizona baseball, they're in the top 25 right now as we're recording. They're beginning a series with ASU up in Tempe. Um, tennis has done really well. Men's tennis. <laughs> like, it's not a bad time. Softball, you know, is doing their thing as they always do. So like, it's not a bad time for Arizona athletics as a whole. You know, especially when, and when like, we started the show, we can end it that way. The women's basketball team is in the Final Four. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Adam, as soon as we finished talking to PJ, I'm like, Boy, I forgot how fun it is to talk about a team that's fun to watch and doing well. <laughs> yeah. When you have those expectations and they are being met and or surpassed, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. It, and plus, it's just nice to have some sense of normalcy of a March Madness tournament and success. You know, the, all is right in the world when the Arizona Wildcats are doing well in multiple sports. Yes, indeed. So we'll leave it at that. Make sure when you tune into the Arizona women's basketball game, the final four matchup against UConn at 6.30 p.m. Arizona time. It'll be on ESPN. Number three versus number one. I don't know. Actually, is there better than number one? Because if so, that's that's UConn. Like, it's Dynasty versus new kids on the block, if you will. But I don't think this will be Arizona's last final four either. Not that the way that program's going. And PJ just gave me even more optimism for that. So, again, thanks to PJ Brown also for coming on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Previewing this game for us. Hopefully we get her on again in the next couple of days and we do an emergency show this weekend because, you know, that would mean Arizona has another game to play. And how could we not talk about that if there's a championship game on the horizon? But everyone, thanks for listening to my return. This was fun. It's good to be back, especially during like nice times here. This is winning is fun. (laughs) You got married. You went on your honeymoon come back to a final four arizona team everything's coming up adam right everything's now. coming up adam so everyone make sure you're following us on twitter at wildcat radio az uh make sure you subscribed to the podcast on wildcat radio get it on itunes spotify where you get your podcast leave us some reviews brett sent me a positive review when i was on my honeymoon that just made things that much better so we appreciate the positive reviews if there was a negative one that he did not send me thanks to brett for not ruining my honeymoon with people hating us but we'll catch you next week hopefully whatever the next show is next week this weekend depending on what happens with this game on friday but until then remember to bear down bear down